We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Today's Kilkenny Today with myself, Maurice O'Connor. As usual, on the Friday, as, and as usual, I ha- can't help but wonder at Liam Langrell's timing there. Thanks to Liam for the last couple of hours of Sounds Classical. It always seems as maybe it's just me. It always seems like as if he's playing the rousing stuff right at the end, maybe just to make sure that I'm awake um, and ready for my own show. But anyway, thanks very much indeed to Liam for, for the last while. Now, on, on today's show, here in Kilkenny Today, uh, later on, we'll be hearing. Um, on the show from uh, from Brendan Lennon, who's the head of advocacy for Chime, which is uh, the national charity for hearing impaired and deaf people. And uh, before Brendan, we'll have uh, Councillor Andrew McGuinness, of course, Cahillerk of Kilkenny County Council will be on the line with us towards um, the middle of the show. We, of course, don't have any parish news to bring you today. We will, as soon as we can do that, and there is something to, to report to you in that. We'll have a quick look at the weather. We'll toss in a couple of ad breaks, and uh, we'll start off on today's show by welcoming uh, Kieran Conroy, who's the chairperson of Kilkenny Tourism. Good afternoon, Kieran. Good afternoon, Morris. And first of all, I suppose congratulations on your recent appointment. You're just recently in the seat as chairperson there of Kilkenny Tourism. I hope um, the Kilkenny Civic Trust that you left behind you will, will find a good replacement for you. Well, interestingly enough, I haven't left it behind. Um, ah. the, the position of, of chairperson actually is, I suppose, if you call it a dual uh, uh, role, it's obviously a voluntary position, and I'm following in the um, footsteps of many wonderful people in the past because of the importance of of tourism uh, to Kilkenny. So I suppose it's good to have a just a, a feet on the ground with the with the trust, and we've got obviously interest in um, a couple of properties, Butler House, that all your listeners um, and know about. And we're fortunately, like our our other uh, property, the museum. We're closed at the moment, but we're certainly looking forward and chopping at the bit, getting back out there, as are all the members of Kilkenny Tourism. Yeah, and speaking of opening up again, because you've, you've just launched a promotional campaign, tourism promotion campaign, with the hashtag or the strapline, more to explore. So I, I presume that's kind of, we can infer from that to Kilkenny Tourism and yourselves and your colleagues there, you're anticipating that travel beyond the five kilometres um, will be opening up in reasonable amount of time. Have any sense of how that might pan out? Well, to be honest, we're we're like everybody else just waiting and saying obviously we, we have a sort of ear to the ground and if, if I was at best estimates at the moment, it sounds like it's going to be sometime in the summer. We would obviously be hoping the sooner the better, the earlier in the summer. Um, but we're probably, we're probably at the moment more or less looking at June or July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably what uh, most people are probably expecting at, at the earliest anyway for travel around uh, the country to open up. Um, but it does seem from the, the press release that went with the announcement of the More to Explore campaign that um, the Irish public are certainly thinking and planning ahead. Um, you're reporting that ho- hotel bookings here in Kilkenny, anywhere in particular, are very strong. Yes, well, I suppose this year 
um, and it looks like it is going to be for the entirety of this year, maybe at the tail end of the year. There may be, if we were really, really positive um, uh, about it, that uh, maybe have some international tourists. But in the main, it's going to be the, the Irish market. And at the moment, as you correctly point out, everybody's within their five-kilometer radius. But um, looking ahead, and with, um, the, the positive view on is that uh, if and when the country opens back up, you'll have people from uh, um, all over the country um, allowed to outside our 5k and outside our county uh, boundaries and, and visit and Kilkenny over the years has boxed above its weight when it comes to if we call it domestic customers and domestic um, uh, uh, tourism so that's what we're looking uh, forward to um, we had this a little bit last year if you recall um, um, around March everybody unfortunately went into the first um, lockdown and then a lot of us were back up and uh, for probably July, August, September and then when it got into October things got um, more challenging again and a lot of us have been so since then so we had really um, good um, experience at that stage of catering for people that were on inverted commas vacations um, and coming to Kilkenny and there's a lot of indication as you say with the, with the um, bookings from hotels that um, we will have a very positive more if and when it opens back up. Yeah, and is, is the More to Explore campaign just a Kilkenny tourism initiative or is it a kind of coordinated branding or across the entire country, uh, all the different counties? No, it's a, that is a Kilkenny um, yeah. uh, uh, tourism uh, initiative. We obviously liaise closely at the national level with um, uh, uh, Fall Charlotte, so they will have a campaign and we're sort of slipping not underneath specifically because that's our own branding, the more to ex ex explore. But they obviously will be focusing on domestic um, uh, tourism and domestic customers as well. Yeah. So I suppose accentuating the positive, what we're looking forward to is that people will be coming back. Um, and we have a great product in, in Kilkenny. The, the market is going to be domestic. Um, Irish people stay, stay catering. Um, and probably the key element of um, what we're going to be about in not just us but across the country is you know trying to accentuate the positives of, of, of outdoor and exploring and adventure and culture and food and we certainly have all of that in in, in Kilkenny so um, we're really looking forward to so how is um, the, the whole more to explore campaign then Kieran how, how has it been promoted nationally when like we've got 25 other counties in the Republic and they're all presumably all going to be competing for people's attention and for their euros uh, this summer well we again box above our weight there because we we have and we invest and all our members contribute um, and put their hand in their pocket to actually be members of Kilkenny tourism and collectively then we invest in as you said digital marketing particularly PR um, and marketing um, and all of our um, feedback on on that and I actually got a call this week the head of Kerry Tourism, who would be perceived to be probably one of the best in the country, wondering what the hell we were doing up here because it certainly was making waves down there and members down there were saying that Kilkenny was doing extremely well and certainly registering um, uh, on that. So we'll be, we'll be promoting it um, uh, ourselves um, and, as I said, we'll be investing um, uh, in that over the next couple of months. Yeah, so let's let's just just talk about the campaign itself. I noticed that you've 
you've kind of divided into more to explore themes of outdoors, couples, authentic and families. That sounds like a great idea of kind of able, enabling people to find something and find things that could be of interest to them very quickly. Exactly, and each of those, I suppose, is, is coming back from research is that people are obviously, when they come back, the first people back are, are probably those that have a more adventurous mindset. Some people are going to be conservative, and that's just the fact is that they're going to be slower to re-engage and they're going to wait and see a little bit. So you're going to have people that are prepared to be adventurous and explore, so are, are more to explore and the outdoors is first, and we've lots there between, you know, I could you know, just go through them all, your listeners will know a lot of them, Trace and Kenny, we have walks, we have Brandon Hills, we have Discovery Parks in, um, in, in Castle Comer, the wonderful Noah Valley uh, Park, we have Lamping, um, and then obviously those in parks and gardens in, in, in the city. So we have that necklace of villages, um, throughout the county, the towns throughout the county, and then within the within the city. But the outdoors is going to be um, a, a key focus. And we have lots of couples that come to Kilkenny, um, and we have specific more to explore um, offers there. And then again, as you mentioned, the family and just having a bit of family fun. We're focusing on that as well, and because people can come in and engage through the, the mediums and through digital marketing and the various platforms, whether that's Facebook or, or Instagram in particular, is we need to be registering when they're actually searching. So hence actually segmenting the market and going out that way towards it. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is really um, kind of promoting Kilkenny across the, the entire country. So when you when you see or when the listeners will see the, the, the names of the places that you instance under the different headings there, they'll recognise so many of them. But there's probably some um, attractions and places and things to do around the county that people here in Kilkenny City and County might not be familiar with. Are there any of those that you'd care to highlight or you could identify off the top of your head for us? Well, I'm not sure exactly because some people... You know, what's happened, I think, across the country, and again, some of the research is shown as people have to actually explore more within their area. So very often, just in our normal day-to-day -day lives, when things are open, you almost just pass by, and those others are for, for visitors to the county or for inverted commas tourists. So I think there are, um, there are significant amounts there. I know actually climbing up 500 metres on Brandon Hill might be... Um, a, a challenge for for some people um, um, that are that are listening, but it's an absolute unbelievable sensation as you go along and get up to the um, a, a top of that. It's a wonderful walk. Um, we have got an actual outdoor Kilkenny website that we've developed ourselves, and there's significant amount in that. Um, and people that might be uh, some people like walking, some people like cycling, um, Kilkenny cycling tours are offering guided tours around the, the city, so I'd certainly be finding people in, in that direction. Down in Greg Manor, Pure Adventure, um, with their Flow River Adventures, and they're guiding people on water-based activities is certainly um, something, again, that I would um, uh, mention. And then that area of the, of, of the Lamping, Nor Valley do that, and Brandon Hill at uh, Lamping Park, um, as has the uh, Butterfly Valley Lamping and Park. So, there's loads. It's all on on um, the Visit Kilkenny website and um, uh, on, on the uh, Outdoor Kilkenny website. And there's just 
huge amount and it's only Morris when you actually when you actually stop and pause you actually look at it is how much Kilkenny has to offer both in the city and across the county mm. And on that on that point, I'm kind of wondering. Um, just looking at the headings, and you, you do have a lot a long, long list of um, various different attractions under each of those four headings we mentioned earlier on, Kieran. Um, but um, it kind of makes me wonder as well. Where do things like kind of the, the the loads of great heritage sites we've got around the county fit in, or where about or what about cultural attractions, um, and even something like golf tourism? You know, there's there's this huge amount of extra attractions in all of those. Exactly, and I mean that's like. They actually are uh, mentioned in our in our in our press release. And obviously, the Kilkenny Castle, and that's again has the great advantage of having the castle park there for ourselves with uh, a Butler House. We have the Butler House Garden um, uh, out the back because people probably will be maybe a little bit reticent of being a little bit closed in. So, what we've um, the feedback that we've got from our, our members is, and even hotels in the city that have. You know, um, space and outdoor spaces to incorporate um, that into it, and we've mentioned there about al fresco dining and dining outdoors. Obviously, this is going to be weather, um, a uh, literally linked. So we're hoping that we'll just um, get a break during the summer here in Ireland, and we get fine weather, and people can enjoy the outdoors, even if it's in the city. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you about the golf, actually, um, Kieran? Because obviously, as you know, uh, the Irish Open was due to have been played last year in mm. Julius, and it's it's um, been rearranged. I think for the first to the fourth of July, if I'm correct. Yeah. And um, for for this year, that that would obviously be a huge, major kind of um, attractive uh, event to to hang a whole kind of whole um, you know tourism campaign around and try and encourage people who might kind of just think of coming here for the golf or to stick around for maybe a week or a few at least a few days either side of the golf to really sample a lot of the attractions that Kilkenny has to offer wouldn't it? Of course and again um, the big issue there is just going to be yeah. what are going to be the terms and conditions around that from a yeah. from a attendee perspective so that's sort of still um, a little bit out there to just see exactly it's going to be linked into the you know what's going to be allowed and uh, events across the country are sort of still in pause mode to see what's going to happen there. So a lot of these, you know, horse racing and rugby and the GA obviously teeing up for their championship mm -hmm. as well, are just waiting to see what is going to be allowed regarding spectators. So our hope is that this will open enough, up enough, enough that you will have um, uh, spectators there, but it's obviously we have to go with the government guidelines. Yeah, and I suppose it's all really around having all of those attractions that you mentioned around the, the country though, that depend on people um, to, to staff them, being able to get up and running again at pretty much, I suppose, a very short notice because they won't probably get an awful lot of notice from government as to when um, things will ease off enough to, to allow people to come visiting again. Well, that's an excellent point, and that's exactly what we're doing here because you could be right now, people could be listening and saying um, God, you're, you're, you're almost tempting us too much because we can't do too much at the moment unless it's within our 5k radius so mm. we cannot um, uh, encourage people to be doing anything but stay within the, within the law and within the 5k radius but right now is we're planning and a lot of businesses across the country are planning and there are going to be less tourists in the, in the country so you're competing in a very very competitive marketplace for less so we need to be planning we need to be looking ahead that's the purpose of our, our more to explore we're already 
willing and able to, to go when go, but we don't know when exactly go date will be. It'll but um, we cannot be thinking about it the day before because it could be sooner rather than later or hopefully not later rather than sooner, but mm-hmm. we're ready. And the very same with what you talked about there with the um, uh, with the golf. Um, it's wonderful that it's in um, Mount Julius, which is one of the finest courses in the, in the, in the country. They're all ready um, uh, to go there as well and it's just a matter of when now rather than whether hopefully yeah Errol hopefully things will work out and uh, by certainly by early part of the summer restrictions will be starting to lift at least to the extent that um, we can all travel freely within the country and whatever about bringing in international visitors so best wishes for the more to explore campaign anyway I'm sure um, well, hopefully it'll get great support across the country and indeed within the city and the county here thanks for joining us Kieran. lovely talking to you thank you Morris you're very welcome. Take care. Uh, so that was Kieran Conroy, who's the chairperson of Kilkenny Tourism and still in situ in his role with Kilkenny Civic Trust, as he told me at the start of the show. Now it's about to, uh, just after 23 minutes past five. We better take our first ad break of the day. We'll be back after the ads with a quick look at the weather and then we'll be joined by Councillor Andrew McGuinness Cahirlick of Kilkenny County Council. So do stay with us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City, Kilkenny Today. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes' time just after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome back, uh, about 27, near 28 minutes past five o'clock. Uh, great to have you with us here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City on Kilkenny Today with myself, Maurice O'Connor. Text number 086-353-7782 if you'd like to text in anything. And Declan Gibbons, who's uh, manning the sound desk for me, will hopefully try and pass on any messages you might have. Um, just notice there on the weather, uh, just the mention of the solar UV index. Time is marching on. The spring is obviously springing. The sun is coming up higher in the sky. If Met Aaron is starting to mention things about solar UV indexes, I don't think there's any great risk of sunburn yet but anyway it's a it's a good sign things are moving on in the right direction anyway hopefully um we've our next guest might have some other good signs for us or some good news or interesting things to say um andrew mcginnis uh, of kilkenny county council falter road morris andrew not quite available just at the moment he's engaged at the moment so oh is he fair we enough well we'll get we'll get andrew as soon as, as we possibly we'll can. play Thanks a couple of promos and we will have him in just a moment thanks a million Jack. Congratulations to our latest Community Radio Kilkenny City Split the Pot Jackpot winner, Sinead Cashin, who scooped a whopping €555 jackpot prize for an investment of just €2. Our next Community Radio Kilkenny City Split the Pot draw is on Friday, the 12th of March. you got to be in to win. Nick Loss O'Brien on show. Curra and Eish Steve, Eishtak Lum, a Radio Fubble Cahar Kilkenny, 88.7 FM. Erinea Clog, Goss Saharan, nor a big mea kind fi Kursi Atula. Marshin, Faltuka Kyolagas Kora, Goss Saharan, a radio fobble car kilkenig, 88.7 of M, Erinea Clog, Le Oriot or Sam Hyrie Chadwicks. Spirit Alive, Saturday mornings from 10 to hear from people of faith to catch up on church news and to take some time to think about the world we live in and what it all means. There'll be conversations along with updates on events and activities in our churches. So join me, Heidi Good, on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for conversations, reflections and music.
Hi, I'm Frank Tynan, inviting you to join me on Saturday at 5, every Saturday at 5. We'll meet interesting people, look inside the weekend papers, go back in history, and of course, great music from Ireland's best entertainers. So let's make it a date, Saturday at 5, only on your community radio, Kilkenny City, on 88.7 FM. City Sport on Community Radio Kilkenny City from 12 to 2 each Saturday. Hurling, camogie, soccer, rugby, racing, basketball and much more. Sponsored by Michael Ling Motors for Ford and Hyundai. City Sport on 88.7 FM and on the World Wide Web every Saturday from 12 noon. Hi, I'm Frank Tynan, inviting you to join me on Saturday at 5, every Saturday at 5. We'll meet interesting people, look inside the weekend papers, go back in history, and of course, great music from Ireland's best entertainers. So let's make it a date, Saturday at 5, only on your community radio, Kilkenny City, on 88.7 FM. Yes, Community Radio, Kilkenny City, Kilkenny today on Friday evening, just gone 5.30. We return tomorrow, so Connor, who's going to be talking to Cahirlock and Drew McGuinness? Good afternoon, Andrew. Good to have you with us. Hi, Morris. Thanks for having Hi. me. You're very welcome. In fact, I was just looking back through my list for the last few weeks and I realised this is the first time we've had you on the show this year. Um, that's which right, is a great. Okay. Uh, oh, it's a big, big omission on my part. So uh, I hope you've <laughs> been able to uh, been on, on air with some other shows and and uh, community radio Kilkenny uh, yeah, yeah. since <laughs> the start of the year. Good to have you with no one way or the other. Yeah, anyway, thanks. Andrew. Um, Andrew, can I uh, get a good dive straight into it? Um, I've just been asking you about this whole boundary issue with uh, Waterford. Seems to have reared its ugly head again. Why is it that this keeps coming back and back and back and again and again and again? You know, it's, it's, it's my opinion, Morris, that it's a, it's a populist headline-grabbing thing to do for, I suppose, any councillor in Waterford uh, to try and, um, you know, get their, their own political gain, I suppose. They want to get their own publicity for it, and it's happened uh, multiple times. I think this is the third or fourth time um, it's been turned down by ministers in the past. I'm sure and hopeful it will be turned down again in the future. Um, but, I mean, the, the motion itself, I mean, as far as I can see, there's no real meat and bones in it at all. It's, uh, I, I see motions all of the time where local reps are looking for a letter to be written to a minister. Um, and that's mm. all it was in this case. It's Jody Power of the Green Party looking for a letter to be written to... Minister Darrow O'Brien looking for this whole thing to be re- reopened again, um, which I just find a little bit uh, ridiculous at this point because I mean we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's, there's more important things to be talking about. Than there are, there are, yeah, and yeah, we need yeah. to be working together as well, you know. Well, I was going to say that that again because I mean, like at the local level, as you say, there's councillors um, and maybe Green Party this time and other uh, party councillors previous times are putting forward these motions and yeah. stirring this whole thing up again. But wouldn't you think that you know at a, at a local level that you councillors and your counterparts in different counties, Waterford in this case, would be knocking your heads together and say, "Lads, look, just let it go." Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of things that we should be doing uh, together with Waterford. You know, we should be campaigning for university for the southeast we should be campaigning for uh, various different things um uh, uh, unite on a united front whereas this is just causing um 
upset among people and especially the residents that are affected the last thing they want is for their identity to be changed and that's what a lot of them look at it as um, and it's not fair on them people have enough mm. to be worried about at the moment yeah, certainly can't see any of them down there cheering for the day show any, any, no. in the near future. Um, or not to mention they're wearing the colours, they can forget that. Now, if anybody yeah. in the county can forget that for a start. Anyway, so that's uh, hopefully that'll be that'll be put to bed um, very quickly. Just moving on then, Andrew, um, we, we had we had a lot of coverage ourselves on, on the show here over the last couple of weeks about matters um, cycling. We had uh, Cycling Kilkenny on and we had uh, talking with Katrina Corr talking about the, their plans and David Fitzgerald last week about his proposal for the north-south uh, county um, greenway and uh, now i read about uh, a new cycling plan for kilkenny that was presented recently to the uh, city municipal district meeting um, which looks from what i've seen on on um, one one short or small picture of uh, on, on the internet it looks like a very complicated kind of uh, and sophisticated uh, thorough kind of plan so what, what's been proposed there and how likely is all of this to, to come to fruition this time around yeah well I mean we, we have to have we, we have to have these meetings and we have to have these plans uh, that might be spread out over a number of years um, but we, we just have to have some sort of a direction uh, to know where we're going in terms of how we improve the cycle infrastructure in Kilkenny and there's different knock-on effects like having to change speed limits and things like that to improve safety and if we're going to bring in cycleways in different parts of the city we have to make sure that the safety uh, is there first in terms of speed limits and all of that kind of thing um, but yeah it is very we've come a long way in terms of cycling in Kilkenny and there's a lot of great people involved in promoting cycling I, unfortunately they haven't fully got me on my bike yet but I'm, I'm doing my best um, but yeah, I think there's a lot to look forward to in terms of the cycle infrastructure in Kilkenny. But it will it will be over a number of years. Yeah, and what what exactly? Or what what's the core part? Or how would you describe to listeners the core of the the proposals there that were just presented to you there at the municipal district meeting? Yeah, well, it, it's I suppose one of the things that lockdown has shown us is that is the importance of of exercise and for physical and mental health and the amount of people that have taken back to cycling. Uh, during lockdown has been uh, has been huge and um, so what we're talking about here is improving and progressing the cycle infrastructure that we already have um, and you know talking about how how we do that and what kind of cycleways we introduce are we going to have segregated cycleways and um, all of that kind of thing and the, the safety measures that have to be dealt with in advance of putting in any kind of a cycle network but people can look forward to an increased uh, network of cycle lanes throughout the city, uh, connecting up the uh, existing laneways that we already have. Yeah, it certainly seems from the picture that I'm looking at on screen in front of me that there's a big north-south kind of route proposed and taken on board the, the river, the new River Walk Park and the, yeah. the new possibly the new urban street down through the, the Abbey Quarter and linking on down... Um, past the down, down the canal walk and then there's an east-west one going a different direction and all sorts of different yeah. coloured routes and yellow dots and red circles and it, it might look complicated but what, what we're trying to do is link in all of the existing um, amenities and walkways that we have and all of the new walkways that we're going to have with the exciting project down at the, at the brewery site uh, and linear park and so on and, you know, if we can bring all of that in together, it gives people a much better network within the city. Uh, 
So it's you're not you're not looking at cycling just for uh, getting from A to B. You're looking at it as as uh, an amenity, as an exercise thing, and trying to use all of the amenity space that we have at the moment. Mm, and even um, uh, park and well, not park, but uh, yeah, park and and, and cycles could have facilities so you could get in close to the city and then have to take a bike out of a car if you had a bike in the car and, and uh, cycle the rest of the way for your journey, whether it's to work or with kids to school or whatever. Yeah, it's all part of the plan. Which all sounds very good from a, um, just does, a good environmental point of view and health and safety, health, well, particularly health and exercise point of view and everything. Yeah, and I think more and more people are doing exactly what you just said. They're driving into a certain distance and cycling the rest of the way. Um, mm. You know, it's economical and it's good for your health. And people are more and more people are doing it. And I think the the lockdown in particular has really spurred a lot of us into thinking on that line. Yeah, so you'd be you'd be thinking of getting up on a bike yourself before too long, will you? I, I've tried. I've I've tried a few <laughs> times. I've been over ambitious with it. <laughs> Yeah, bit awkward if you're if you're carrying a guitar on the back when, whenever you can eventually get around to um, playing a few yeah, and, 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 and it's playing. awkward with two children as well. <laughs> two, well, like when they get old enough, you know, to, to be on their own bikes, you'll be grand. I'm sure you. We be, have one uh, old enough to cycle his own bike, and the second one now is she's nearly two. She'll be two soon, so. Yeah. Uh, we'll so be getting just, her going yeah, soon. On, on a serious matter, though, I suppose like, is 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 a lot of this stuff being um, included in the mobility aspects of the the draft county development plan that people can go and look at see at the moment and comment oh, yeah. until next week, I think. Yeah, absolutely, and I would encourage all of your listeners to take part in that and have a look at the development plan because when it's passed, it's passed, and I, I'd like to be sure that everybody has had their opportunity to. Uh, make their contribution or have their voices heard because it is it is important for the gang. Yeah, yeah. And just to finish off, then I, I see you're also recently there's um, exercise by kind of a, there's a your call you've put out uh, for something that needs to be done with footpaths in and around um, the butts. What's um, have you been having local representations from there and problems or what have people been saying to you that needs? Yeah, to be done? I mean, I, I, I've I've always been doing a lot of work with residents over in the butts areas. They got into politics and. One of the big issues there at the moment is the, the condition of the footpaths. I mean, the footpaths in the butts have not been uh, upgraded in for God knows how long, and they're in dire need of repair. Um, and I brought it up a number of months back, and I asked for the engineers to go over and have a look for themselves, and they did. And they agreed that the footpaths do need to be replaced. Um, and I think there's a plan going to come forward in the, in the coming weeks. Mm. Right, so that should, that should be a straightforward um, issue to resolve anyway. It should, um, but so I mean, yeah. there's, there's issues like that in the States all over to Kenny City, and they all add up. I mean, to, to do the footpaths in the butts, I think you're talking between seventy and and €100,000. Um, so, I mean, one, one step at a time, but I think that the butts should be prioritised. Uh, a lot of the residents over there feel that they've been left down or, or, or left behind in terms of all of these works, so I just want to make sure that they don't feel like that and that their estate is well looked after. Mm. Yeah, and it's important, isn't it? Because I mean, it does it does contribute to people's sense of well-being and pride in their state, and indeed, even back to not quite back to the cycling thing, but to just comfort about getting out and having a good old walk around the the state. Yeah, if the paths are all broken up, you're not going to do that in a hurry. Yeah. No, so and, very, you know, and look, important important, although it may may seem to be minor. Yeah, absolutely, and people are looking at all of this stuff now because they're stuck at home for so long and. Um, I just think any, any positive improvements like that that we can make to people's lives at the moment is worthwhile. Yeah, 
Yeah. So just before we, uh, we leave you, and um, Andrew McGinnis, and thanks for joining us again today. Um, this year, of course, um, you know, they, they, with the St. Patrick's Festival is going to be um, kind of probably completely virtual, a pretty much completely virtual event. We have, I think, Ivan Quillen, who will be a virtual Grand Master or Mistress or whatever the Marshal, if that's the better term. Um, yeah, I suppose it's going to be a bit disappointing that you won't, you won't be able to take part in a, a big physical event like we've had traditionally. Yeah, it, it is disappointing, and I mean, this is, you know, last year, it was around now when we, we all started to get really worried, and the announcements that Patrick's Day was going to be cancelled, and none of us thought that we were going to be still here a year later, still cancelling events, and it, it's sad, it's disappointing, but brighter days are, are ahead, and I know that Kenny County Council and Ivan and all of the team have put a huge programme, virtual uh, programme together, uh, to be enjoyed online from the comfort of your home. Um, mm. And, I mean, you have musicians like Keela, you have contributors like Cartoon Saloon, and all of this, there's a huge amount of entertainment there for people. So I would encourage everyone to log on um, and che check out what's on offer, uh, you know, and enjoy it from the comfort and safety yes. of your own. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll all make the best of it anyway, and at least maybe the yeah. weather will shine. That's what it's all about at the moment. We literally yeah, have to make the best of everything. Look, We'll leave it at that. Thanks a million for joining us and have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Thanks soon. Thanks very again. much, Morris. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye -bye. You're very welcome. As Councillor Andrew McGuinness, of course, Kirkilic of uh, Kilkenny County Council. And uh, sorry, it took us a while to actually get through to um, Andrew there. Nothing to do with him. It wasn't his fault at all. Just uh, down things at our end. Anyway, we'll take another outbreak now. It's uh, nearly, uh, nearly, very nearly quarter to six o'clock. We're going to take our second outbreak of the show and after that we'll be back with Brendan Lennon who is the adv Head of Advocacy with Chime, the National Charity for the people who are deaf and hearing impaired. So do stay with us here in Community Radio Kilkenny City and we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes time just after these. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Indeed you are, and welcome back at uh, about 11, uh, 12 minutes, 11 to 12 minutes to 6 o'clock, and uh, delighted to have you with us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City, as usual. And I'm also very pleased to be joined, and thanks for holding on, first Brendan Lennon, who um, Head of Advocacy with CHIME. How are you, Brendan? I'm very well, thank you, Morris. Great. Um, Brendan, Chime, well, certainly to me anyway, and my apologies for this, is probably, may or possibly one of the, the big national charities that may be not as well known as, as some of the others. So um, for, for those of us who maybe aren't too familiar with Chime, you might yeah, just give us a quick um, rundown of what it is you, you do. Well, um, we were formerly known as the National Association of the Deaf, uh, Morris, uh, but, you know, uh, our work uh, um, concerns uh, not just people who might be considered themselves deaf in terms of the deaf community and Irish sign language and so on, but also people who lose their hearing, uh, particularly in adulthood, and might describe themselves as hard of hearing, although they might have, in some cases, quite severe or profound hearing loss. So... Uh, the issue of hearing loss uh, and deafness uh, affects quite a lot of people. Um, um, over 300,000 adults, uh, for example, have a significant hearing loss that requires some intervention, according to the HSE. But the, the reality is, is that the vast majority of those people have had no intervention. Um, no. And we're there to provide um, a range of technical and personal supports 
in the community uh, to deaf and hard of hearing people that ranges from you know, information, advice and support for families with a, a young deaf child who might only be uh, a couple of months of age to um, older members of the deaf community or the wider community um, who have lost their hearing and are feeling isolated, left out um, and, uh, you know, um, not part of what's going on around them. So yeah, that's yeah. why we're there to help. Yeah, and I'm sure many of our listeners would, would uh, appreciate and recognise that scenario. Certainly, I do remember it very significantly from my own late father in his, in his later years as his hearing loss um, worsened. Um, it was it's very, very isolating. and very, very became, For somebody who was very sociable and involved, and everything became very, very detached um, from, from, you know, from everything going on around him, which was dreadful yeah. to see. Um, so this year, like we've just missed a couple of days ago, we probably should have been talking to you earlier in the week, but we've had World Hearing Day, which I think was on Wednesday last, and um, the theme for it was um, Hearing Care for All. So you're, you're really trying to highlight the, the possibilities and the things that people can do around looking after their hearing throughout their life. Is that it? it, it exactly. Um, um, Morris, um you know, like you're, you, you've mentioned your dad there, it's a quite a familiar tale in, in, in Irish terms. And if I could say to you that uh, the, the key message, Hearing Care for All from the World Health Organization, also included in a report that they published on the date, was uh, the conclusion that the, the level of what they're calling unaddressed hearing loss, in other words, nothing's been done about it, uh, in the world is unacceptable. And if I tell you that in Ireland... Um, only one in five of the adults who need intervention, according to the HSE, are actually getting it. Uh, we are one of the lowest uh, in Europe. We're in the relegation zone when it comes to addressing hearing loss. Um, and w furthermore, I can tell you that in CHO5, uh, in the southeast of Ireland, is actually the black spot of the relegation zone in Ireland, where really? the numbers on the audiology waiting list are higher than anywhere else in the country. Really, and is that, is that so? What's higher again? Just say that again. Well, well, I'm saying that the the uh, the the audiology waiting list. We were highlighting this oh. on World Hearing Day on Wednesday, and nationally are at twenty thousand, roughly mm -hmm. ten thousand children, believe it or not, and ten thousand adults. Um, and when we look, we have the breakdown of those waiting lists per CHO area, and CHO five is the worst area in the country in terms of audiology waiting lists. There are over a thousand people, all aged over 65, waiting more than a year for an audiology appointment mm. in the southeast mm. of the country. Yeah. Um, in, so we, we talked about your dad earlier on. Um, you talked about you, you know you, you, you talked about a familiar story of you know people um, having progressive hearing loss, feeling left out. And really, you know, becoming detached in their later years. And I can tell you that that actually doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, because like, you know, you, you, we hear in other areas of health um, and health promotion and health protection, you know, you're hearing all sorts of tips about how to look after this, that and the other, whether it's your general fitness or your, your weight or your eyesight or whatever else. Where, when it comes to hearing and protecting one's, one's hearing, um, uh, you know, to try and minimise the potential for a hearing loss. Like, what what can people generally do? Are there are there tips and things that yeah you you'd be promoting through Chime that that can inform people and all of that? Well, 
there's certainly uh, uh, um, you know things that we can do, particularly in our childhood uh, and her. Our, I'm not sure what's happening there in the background, Morris. Um, if you're getting the same noise as me, but apologies. But um, the you know we can certainly in our in our in our you know in our teens and in our uh, you know young adult years we can certainly take steps to um, reduce you know the the burden on our on our ears by listening uh, to music for example at lower sound levels and uh, you know not um, playing personal music devices or listening to podcasts at very loud volumes very loud noises nightclubs and so on which we can't go to at the moment um, you know they, they can cause damage to people you know people's hearing in in their 20s and 30s and what that means is that hearing loss is is, is much more likely to develop earlier in people's 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, but that I suppose the message that we're focusing on is that we know um, that there are 300,000 people in the country who have significant hearing loss, and there's a, there's a fairly straightforward remedy for the vast majority of those people, and that is to go get a hearing test, probably um, get hearing aids if you have a significant hearing loss, and the outcome is that more than 80% of those people who get hearing aids say, A, that they improve their quality of life, B, that they improve their social relationships uh, with people, and C, that they wished they had got the hearing aids earlier. Mm, mm, I'm sure. And there, there's also always, it's a very, at a very practical and very basic level, or the listeners won't mind me mentioning that um, over the years, I mean, at a very, very simple level, you know, we all tend to, I think, build up wax in our ears, and that, that if not kind of cleared out often enough, can actually nearly become like a, a permanent, almost immovable block and a complete barrier to hearing then, can't it? Well, it, it, I mean, I've never heard of uh, wax becoming uh, an immovable block. It might be difficult if it's built up oh, over a period of time, but it can be removed. It can be uh, um, softened and removed. And uh, indeed, just because if somebody is feeling that their, their hearing is not as good as it, as it once was, particularly if it's deteriorated quite quickly, something like earwax might well be the cause. And going along for a check, uh, you know, to a local provider um, is highly recommended because, you know, going around, not being able to hear people, etc., etc., is uh, very isolating. And, uh, you know, the remedy is definitely much better than, than ignoring it. Yeah, Dennis, but there are there, there are some instances as well you hear of people who develop things like tinnitus that kind of comes on them for reasons that they don't know and it, it impacts on their hearing as well. So presume all those things are uh, the usual advice, get along get along to a GP anyway to start with. But as you say earlier on, um, Brendan, that, that the prospect of getting anything further treatment and hearing specialist treatment or even an audiology appointment seems pretty poor, particularly down here in around Kilkenny in the southeast. Well, exactly, and... That, that, that's we're we're calling on you know the government to pay attention to what the World Health Organization were saying, um, mm -hmm. and if I can put another another fact that the the World Health Organization were saying on Wednesday, they were telling governments that they should have a population approach to hearing loss, um, uh, that this was something that was not just uh, you know good for the for the citizens, but also for every euro invested by government in hearing care, they could expect a return of 16 euro over the following 10 years. Now there's virtually nothing a government can do in terms of investment that will give that kind of return across 
health or, or, or virtually anything else. So, uh, and what that is demonstrating is what we're trying to highlight, that unaddressed hearing loss actually has major consequences for the individual in terms of health and quality of life. I'm talking about things like depression, cognitive decline, increased risk of dementia, etc. All of these things are risks that people don't need to have if they are given reasonable access to hearing aids in a timely fashion. And the World Health Organization are telling governments to go ahead and do that. And we're asking that of the Irish government, immediate action on the audiology waiting list. Yeah. And we're also science saying to members of the public... Really ...signs on it that there is that gap in, in the market, uh, because uh, as, as uh, with any other gaps in markets uh, or gaps in things the state is doing, uh, in, on occasion, the private sector steps in, and there are plenty of private sector companies out there that have stepped in to the, the audiology space, and uh, whether, like, you know, I don't know what, what people's capability is, or to judge for themselves the, the quality of um, what might be on offer for them, the measuring service and the follow-up offers of hearing aids, they typically sound as if, anything I've heard about them, they always sound as if they're incredibly expensive. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, which would leave people very concerned about whether they could afford even to go well, and, uh, and they're going to have a hearing test for fear of what they might hear and be told they have to spend on remedying it. Yeah, okay, Morris. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, it's a real concern we have um, about the, the cost. Uh, you know, the, this is the cost of hearing aids for some people. Uh, and this is where we're, the, the World Health Organization are saying to the Irish government they should have a population-wide approach. So we have an approach which says all children are entitled to uh, an audiology service from the HSE. All medical card holders are entitled to an audiology service from the HSE. Now, we accept those waiting lists are absolutely yeah, yeah, shameful yeah. Um, and uh, uh, the government needs to step in and invest and, and you know, have those waiting lists addressed in a, in well, a, in a, in a reasonable period a of time. Um, Brendan, I think we have, to, we have to let you go at this time. We're kind of run right out of time, but it's been great uh, talking to you and hopefully then the, the, there will be a response from government on that and people will take, take heed and hopefully people will have been able to hear us clearly anyway having this conversation. Thanks for joining us, Brendan. Yeah. Thank you, Morris. You're very welcome. Have a good weekend. That's all we've time for today. Probably running a little bit over time. Sorry for, sorry about all of that. It's been great to have Brendan um, Lennon there, head of advocacy with Chime, Councillor Andrew McGuinness, and uh, then at the start of the show, Kieran Connolly, the chairperson of Kilkenny Tourism. Thanks indeed to Declan for running the desk for me, and to Anne Nolan for helping me uh, with with the show. No doubt uh, there'll be some conversation on Talk Sports with Liam Kelly O'Rourke, maybe about the uh, hot off the news, the press's news about uh, Gordon Elliott and the fine and the ban that he's been slapped with for his uh, behaviour around that photograph. Anyway, we'll hear more about that later on. I'll be back with you again on Tuesday next. Uh, have a great weekend in the meantime. Take care. Bye-bye. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.